Why don't you stand to your feet and open your Bible to the book of Luke, <clears throat> the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. It says, right at the end of Jesus' ministry, I do put my notes in the Bible app if you uh, would like to see. I've got, uh, I have a lot of notes, and I'll just, I'll be up front with you for those who are really particular. I'm not going to cover all of the content that I have in my notes. I've, I've got, a, it's a great study for you, but, you know, God speaks to me in dreams. And, uh, and I had a dream yesterday, and it, that dream made me delete about half of my sermon. So praise God, I, I reworked this thing, and I think it's going to be great. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 45. This is what it, oh, verse 44 rather. He, Jesus, said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must, must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. How many would like for the Lord to do that for, for us today? Open our minds to comprehend the scriptures. That's so cool. He said to them, thus it is written, it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in, the name, in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Everybody say tarry. You know what tarry means? Wait. Tarry means wait. You're going to be witnesses, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted his hands and he blessed them. If you ever wonder why we end our services that way, that's because of this right here. He lifted his hands and he blessed them. It came to pass when he blessed them, he, was, he parted from them. He was carried into heaven. They worshiped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they continued in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, I've got another verse for you. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. If you didn't know, the same individual, Luke, the physician, do you know doctors are okay? You, you know that? Uh, Luke was a physician, and he was a personal doctor to the Apostle Paul later on in the ministry. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote the Gospel of Acts. And no, I did not misspeak. Acts is a gospel. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And he being assembled with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has put in his authority, but you shall receive power. Come on, let's say those words, verse 8, together. But you shall receive power. Yeah, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can I give you one more verse to read? Go to the next chapter, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. It's good for us to read the Bible. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, did anybody know what today is? 
It's the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Guys, I don't know about you, but uh, I believe that the Lord is still moving this way today. I believe the Lord still desires to empower us and to fill us with His Holy Spirit today. That didn't just happen one time back then, 2,000 years ago. He wants to touch us today. So let's ask him to fill us and to speak to us through his word this morning. Lord, I I just commit this word to you right now. And I ask you, Lord, that we would not only hear a message, but you would affirm and you would confirm this word by the moving of your spirit. Lord, we believe for, for the outpouring of your spirit. And so, Lord, we just pray for it today that on this Pentecost Sunday, there would be people that are filled and baptized and anointed, Lord. Lord, with power of the Holy Spirit in this place. And so we commit this word to you. Lord, I pray for a mighty anointing to be released in this place. Come on, church. I want you to lift your voice. If you have the liberty, begin to pray with your spirit right now. We ask you, Lord, to pour out a mighty anointing in this place, that an anointing would rest upon me, that I would preach with authority as I ought to, and that you would anoint every listener within the sound of my voice. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking today. We give this word to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Boy, I'm already excited. I I read a statement this last week from A.W. Tozer that really kind of shook me and it messed with me a little bit. But this is, this is what Tozer said. He said, those who have most enjoyed the power of the Spirit have had the least to say about him by attempted definition. The Bible saints who walked in the Spirit never tried to explain him. Very interesting. Now, I this morning, I, I'm going to bring you a little bit of teaching, but, but, but frankly, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I believe we're better off experiencing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, there's moments where, I, you know, I get excited. I, I mean, I remember as a little kid, it's like I know that I'm getting a PlayStation 2 for Christmas, and so I read up on it. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the games that I maybe want to get. I, I still like to play video games, by the way. I've been playing Lego uh, Star Wars uh, with, my, with my son. But uh, anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. But I'm a gamer. But I remember even from a little, when I was a little boy, I'd look at these things. And I'm like, boy, that looks like a lot of fun. And you just imagine. But how many understand Reading about it, studying it, learning how many pixels fit on that screen does not compare at all to actually playing it, right? And so in the very same way, I can give us theology. In fact, I've got a lot of that later on in this teaching, and you can, you can save these notes. You can go over it on your own. Um, there's a lot that the Bible has to say, but what I believe for is for us to experience and encounter the Lord. 
I began last week talking about what, what we as a church, our mission is that we would experience life. And what are we going to experience life with? What are the three words? All right, you guys, most of you are with me. Everybody, we're going to experience life with? Now, we talked about the life that Jesus comes to give. Uh, we want to experience Life and life abundantly. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give us life. That was last week's message. I'm skipping people. We'll come back to it because today is Pentecost. We're going to talk about power. Everybody say power. Lay your hand on your neighbor and say power. <laughs> we need we need power, friend. I think it's very important. You pay attention to what Jesus was saying right here in this passage. I mean, think about this, you guys. Imagine going through three years of discipleship and training and education with the greatest rabbi, God in the flesh, walking the earth, demonstrating for you what miracles and ministry and preaching, everything looks like. I mean, Guys, no discipleship program. You could go through our Discover track a thousand times. It wouldn't compare to the three years they had with Jesus. You could go through Bible school for a number of years. You could go through every DTS that YWAM has to offer. You would not be as equipped as these guys were walking with Jesus for three years. Correct? Now... What I find so sobering and so crazy is even after all of that training, all of that discipleship, all of that education, you would think he would say, go get them, boys. Go take the world. But he says, wait. Wait. Because when I go to my Father, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You've been trained. You've been equipped. But you need power if we're going to touch the nations. You need power. You see, my wife and I, we were at conference this last week, and there was a family in the church that really blessed us. Uh, they gave us, uh, they allowed us to borrow their car for this last week. And it really was a blessing. I mean, car rentals are, are very expensive right now. I mean, that was a several hundred dollar blessing, and so I'm, I'm very, very thankful. But it was a unique experience for me because this was an electric car. Anybody, is anybody, <laughs> why are you laughing? Uh, you, maybe you've gone through the same thing that I did. Has anybody driven an electric car? Okay, a few of you have. Praise God. Now, man, when I first got in that thing, now it was fun. I put it on sport mode, and it's fast. I mean, we were, we were running late for one meeting. I put it in sport mode, praise God, and uh, we got there on time. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Those things, I mean, I'm telling you, they're like, they're like performance sports car fast. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy how they are. But we get a few days into this thing, and I notice, like, my mileage is going down, down, down. And then I faced a problem. My wife went with our CFNI mission students to, I don't know, the beach or something like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to go take this thing, get it charged up. And, uh, and I'm driving around to Kihei in Maui, and as I'm going, I pull up to one charge station, and it's out of service. I go over to another charge station, and it's out of service. Come to find out a cell tower had gone down, and so all of the signals in that side of the city were, were completely out. I went to three different places, and I'm watching my mileage tick down. And I'm it was one of the most stressful things in the world. What good is a car... If you don't have power, 
What good is a church <laughs> if we don't have power? I'm telling you, there's a lot of good talkers out there, but guys, you know, you know the stuff that, that, I, that I thrive and it just fuels me is when I hear about we came in here and our marriage was in peril, but the power of God has touched us and restored us, and now we're staying married, praise God. I, I rejoice when I hear people, they come in here, the doctor can do nothing else for me. I have cancer, I don't know what to do, but we pray, and they have an encounter with power. I'm telling you guys, if there's anything that I want our church to be known for, it is power. This is a place where the Holy Spirit dwells. And we need this anointing. How many of you know? If the disciples needed the power of the Holy Ghost to do what Jesus had assigned for them to do, how many of you say, I probably need the Holy Ghost too? Uh, I mean, I don't, maybe you're more qualified than Jesus or the disciples, but I'm just going to venture to say, you and I need the Holy Ghost probably a lot more than these guys even did. And there's a number of reasons why. This is going to be the bulk of what I share this morning, but we need power to fight three different enemies. There's three enemies that, that you and I will face constantly. Number one, we need spiritual power. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fight the devil. Everybody say the devil. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit in spiritual warfare. I pray every single morning, and this prayer may freak some of you out, but I pray it every single morning, God expose evil. Things that are going on that are unseen, things that are going on that we're unaware of, expose evil, shine light in darkness. I even pray that over my own life. I pray it for myself. God, is there something that, is, that has been seeded in my heart? Is there something that, that is minor but could grow into something that would really compromise my walk? I pray consistently, God, expose evil, shine light in darkness. But one of the problems that I feel like many believers face is every one of us are in spiritual war. Every one of us are. But not everybody lives. Most of us live our lives unaware that there's spiritual battles raging all around us. And I don't know about you, but you go into war and you don't fight, you're probably going to lose. But if we have an awareness, there is a real enemy of my souls, one who is attempting to steal and to kill and to destroy every aspect of my life and my family and everything about me, my call, my purpose. We need to get serious in resisting these things. I want you to look at the life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 3, you all know the story. Jesus is baptized, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested upon Jesus. Uh, he was baptized. The Father makes that declaration, this is my son whom, I'm, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. But then Luke chapter 4, now this is a trip, man. In Luke chapter 4, the Bible says Jesus, full of the Spirit. Everybody say, full of the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit, and he was led into the wilderness. And in the next verse, it says he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't know where we ever got the idea, man, when I get saved, if I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm never going to have another challenge in my life. Friend, 
I'm going to burst your bubble today. The way my wife would say it is walking with Jesus is not all uh, rainbows and butterflies and dancing through the daffodils. That's not what this is. We, as we come into the kingdom of God, as we become empowered by his spirit, I'm telling you, Satan is quickly on our tail because, I want you to understand this, very often, I believe the devil is more convinced about the call and the anointing that's on your life than even you are. Which is why he resists us so intensely. It's why he tempts us. It's why he tries to derail us so consistently because he knows there's greatness and I need to stop that. In fact, I I, I believe that one of the ways that you can tell you're in the will of God. Are you still with me? One of the ways you can tell you're in the will of God is by how the devil pushes back on your life. When I get most nervous is when I'm not experiencing any warfare. And I'm like, am I doing nothing that's even registering on the radar of hell that I have no pushback in my life? You understand? When we begin to do things that do damage to the kingdom of darkness, when people are being snatched out of the grips of hell and transitioned into the kingdom of light, I'm telling you, we, the devil's going to take note of that and begin to push back. It's fascinating when you study revival and you look, some of those that God has used most profoundly in healing have their own challenges in the realm of their physical health or of those who are near to them. But they learn to fight. They learn to push. They learn to contend by the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be willing to allow our faith to be stretched. We need to not give up in the middle of the battle. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. He endured every temptation. And I'm telling you, church, if Jesus needed to be filled and led by the Spirit to overcome the devil, we need to be filled with the Spirit, and we need to be led by the Spirit if we are going to overcome the devil. And by God's grace, we're going to do it. Amen? Now, the second battle, the second area of warfare that we'll face is the world. The second area we need power to fight against, we need to be filled with the Spirit is so we can fight against the temptations of the world. Um, I have people ask me, I mean, I I know it. We're going to pray in a moment for those who have never been baptized in the Spirit, that today you'd be baptized in the Spirit. We're going to pray for those who uh, needed the empowering of the Spirit to be filled with the Spirit afresh. Uh, And inevitably, I know somebody is sitting here thinking, now, Pastor Jacob, do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do I need to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven? And I say, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to go to Walmart. You need the Holy Spirit every day of your life. Now, that is a joke, but on a theological level, no, you don't need to pray in tongues in order to go to heaven, okay? We'll just, we'll get that straight. And praying in tongues, being baptized in the Spirit does not make me better than you or anybody else, but it does make me better. You understand? It does make me better. I am, I am not... I am not all that God has called me to be yet, and neither are you. I have not arrived, and I need to be continually filled and empowered by the Spirit of God in order to move into all that God has for me. 
And so 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, now this is very important. The Bible says to fan, to flame the spiritual gift. You'll notice I wore my fire shirt today. It's Pentecost, so I, I wore my, my, my flamey shirt. Uh, um, uh, my fan to flame the spiritual gift that God gave you. And this is Paul speaking to his son. When I laid hands on you, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, I... And then he goes on. Now, this is a fascinating thing. You study 2 Timothy, and you'll notice in the next chapter, he begins to talk about false prophets and antichrists and how you can discern. And then in the next chapter, he begins to talk about how difficult and perilous times are coming. People won't want to hear the truth of God's word. They will love forms of godliness, but they'll deny the power of God. And you'll notice what The Apostle Paul is encouraging, listen, Timothy, all of these things are coming. You need to fan to flame the gift of God that is on the inside of you. You need to stir up that anointing, the gift of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you if you're going to withstand in this evil day. Friend, how many understand? I mean, every day, life is hard. Life is hard. I, I, get, I can't even hardly open the news anymore. Every day it's a new war. Even this morning I saw there was another shooting. I mean, every day something is going on. It's COVID. It's, a, you know, monkeypox. I mean, what in the world is that? Listen, you don't got to be afraid of monkeypox. I'm just telling you. You know, monkeypox is transmitted through fluid exchange, primarily through sexual immorality. Did you know that? Don't be afraid of monkeypox unless you're sleeping around. And if you're sleeping around, stop sleeping around. Praise God. <laughs> if you sleep around, maybe you'll get monkeypox. Um, so, but life is hard. We need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, friend. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what your response is when you see these things begin to hit the news and when you see them begin to to, to manifest. But, But what I want to encourage you, if your response is fear, you need to consider what spirits are speaking to me in this moment. Because you know what rises up on the inside of me? When I see that there was a school shooting, there rises on the inside of me something like, God, we need to see your power break out in our high schools once again. We need to see sweeping revival. There is an unction for power that begins to rise up on the inside. I don't have fear when I see these things. When I see another wave of some sickness or disease or whatever, Jesus said those things would come. But he also prophesied that in the last days we would see a greater move of the Spirit than ever before. So our response is not to be fear. Am I communicating today? Our response is not fear. Our response should be, God, how is your power, how is your love, how is your right mind, sound thinking, how can it invade into these these areas that we're watching fall all around us? This is what we need to contend for, and we need to ask the Lord, oh, Spirit of God, I need your power. Because I'm telling you, some of you, friend, You may be the answer to what God desires to do in our public school system. 
You may be God's answer for what's going on in the economy. You may be someone that God wants to put his anointing on and you run as a man or a woman of God for a political office that desperately needs God's representation. You understand me? We need to begin to pray, Holy Spirit, I'm not fearful about what's going on in the world because your power is in me and you have equipped me to change and to impact and to transform every sphere of influence around me. Number three, three battles, three areas we need power to fight against. Number three is the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. Pinch yourself. We all have flesh. When I couldn't find a charging station, I, my flesh was rising up. I praise God, I had to pray in the Holy. You know, that's one of the greatest things that you can do. I'm so thankful that I can pray in the Holy Ghost. Because when my temper begins to go, or I mean, that's that's usually the greatest thing. I just I just begin to pray <laughs> in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I need you because I don't want to cuss right now. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm not going to lose my temper here. I'm not. I, I tell you, it's one of the greatest things. Um, not, your pastor doesn't cuss. I just want you to know. But uh, but it's because I can pray in the Holy Ghost. So. Shabbate. The flesh. The greatest sign of the Holy Ghost in your life is a holy life. The greatest sign of the Holy Ghost in your life is a holy life. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us to live holy. And that word holy, I know that sounds like an old school word, but it literally means that you are set apart for God's purposes. You are set, you are called above. You are called to a greater. And that's what each and every one of us. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Have you ever had the moment? I, I remember as a young person, I used to listen to horrible music. And there were times where I would be in the house of God and, uh, you know, and I had my, should I date myself? You know, I, I actually had a Walkman. I had a Walkman. You guys remember Walkman? Like the tape player Walkman, that thing was so cool. And, uh, you know, and then I graduated to uh, the CD player, the portable CD player. Now you got 50 million songs that you can stream through the internet is pretty amazing. But anyway, I would come in and I had my big CD binders. You guys ever remember walking? Anybody have a giant CD binder with a? And so I come in, <laughs> I come in with my CD binder, and boy, there was a lot of rotten stuff in there. But there was something inside of me, even if I was wanting to let some of my buddies know, like, dude, you got to check out this new. I won't even say any names. You got to check this out. I knew. That there was something, I, I, I'm not going to do this in the house of God. I might be a youth ministry, but I was not. There was something inside of me, there was a conviction like, I, I'm not going to defile the house of God by playing this music, come out to my car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever feel that way? I, I, I have something to tell you, but we need to do this somewhere else because I can't do this in the church, right? Um, and I think we've all had those moments, but, but here's, here's my question. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he put his spirit in you and made you his dwelling place. And so I came to this revelation like, God, I feel a conviction about playing or watching or saying certain things when I'm in the church. But according to your word, I am the church. 
why is it okay? Why, why do we think, and I tell you, I don't, I, don't, I don't listen to the things I used to. I don't watch the things I used to. And I, I, I decided a long time ago, I want to be a vessel that has been set apart for God and for his use. I want there to be no hindrance. No, uh, I, I want there to be nothing that would hinder or slow the anointing of God's spirit flowing in and through my life. And church, I'm telling you, we all need that. We all need that. To be set apart for God and for his purposes. You are the temple. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Look at your other neighbor and tell him, you are the church of Jesus Christ. God has desired, designed us to be carriers of his presence, literally. I mean, you ever get around people and you just sense the spirit of God on them and around them? You know that's not something that's supposed to be special and unique for like ordained ministers or something or just the healing evangelists. No, all the people of God, in fact, I mean, it's amazing. I, I'll talk about Jen for a moment here. Jen, she, she teaches at one of our local Christian schools and uh, she's always bringing people to church. And I don't know how many people I've met who have had encounters with her and just like, man, she just carries a joy. She just carries a presence about her. She, there's just something different about her. And, you know, and you know, why? What is that? She's not an ordained minister. I don't think you're an ordained minister. No. You want to know what it is? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that rests upon her life. And that's not to be unique to her. It's not because she's got some crazy call on her life that's beyond anybody else. I mean, she does have a wonderful call on her life, but so do you. Every one of you, God has desired to put his spirit on you, and everywhere you go, you reflect him and you represent him. Oh, my, we need the Holy Ghost. We need the spirit of God. I want to welcome the worship team to come. The Bible says, I, 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 give you, I gave you all the notes here. The Bible says that when he comes into our life, he's a counselor, that he would reveal all truth and he would guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and he would remind us of things that Jesus has said. The Bible says that he would reveal Jesus to us and that he would convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. The Bible says that he would reveal, this is all, by the way, I put all these notes in the Bible app. I have the references for all of it. The Bible says that he would reveal the future to us. You ever think about that? Like, I praise God for prophets. And I love getting a prophetic word, but every one of us who has received the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he would reveal the future to you. That's John 16, 13. That he would speak to you about things that are to come. Boy, that's crazy. That's wild. You don't have to go to a fortune teller. You don't have to, you know, tarot cards, nothing, astrology, nothing. Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about what's coming up. He wants to reveal to you about things that are to come. Um, he's a giver and distributor of all things that God has for us, the Holy Spirit. And so how do you receive? You want to know how you receive the Holy Spirit? You need to be hungry. If you are satisfied with where you're at in your walk with God, you will receive precious little. But if you're hungry for the things of the Lord, God will fill you. 
Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. you got to be hungry. He said, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you would prophesy. You have to be hungry for the Lord. My spiritual father has now gone to be with the Lord. His name was Steve Hill. And the pastor that ran with revival for over five years in Brownsville, Florida, their question one to another was always the same. They didn't ask, how many hours did you pray today? They didn't ask, are you still living holy? I mean, those things were just kind of assumed for the level that they were walking at. The question they always asked one another, are you still hungry? Are you still hungry? You want to know why God met that young evangelist, why God poured out in that church is because it was full of people who were hungry for more of God. They were hungry for it. They, they cried out for it. Praise and worship. The Lord moves in, the wor- in, in praise and worship. Um, we receive. We ask the Lord and we receive. You don't have to contend for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to buy the anointing. Holy Spirit, you just ask for it and you receive. But you got to be open. Come on, can you just stand to your feet right now? I, I, there's so much. There's so much. And I've got... Are you hungry, church? I feel your hunger, actually. I, I, I can tell that we're hungry today. Holy Spirit, we need you. We yearn for you. We long for you. Come on, just invite him right now. Come on, Jesus said, even evil fathers know how to give good gifts. How much more would our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who would just ask? Just ask Him right now to fill you. Ask Him right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you, come. Jesus, we ask you to breathe on us today that we may receive your Holy Spirit. Come on, just stir it up. Just stir it up right now. Come on, he's filling people even right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. Oh, we long for you. We yearn for you, Lord. Oh, we long for your spirit, oh, Lord. Come on, come on, ask him to fill you. Ask him to pour out in this room. Oh, we need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. Oh, we don't want to do this life on our own. We can't fight the enemy. We can't resist the world on our own. We need you, Holy Spirit. We don't have power. We don't have power of our own, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need your spirit. We yearn for you, oh, Lord. We yearn for you, O Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, pour out in this place.
mighty God. Oh, mighty God.